0: Football season is finally underway, and if you play fantasy football, the odds are you probably already hate your team and wish you could draft again. On FanDuel, you can draft a new team every single week. Myself, I'm pretty pumped. I placed in a 50-50 with guys like Tyreek Hill, Alvin Kamara, and Patrick Mahomes. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the place to play. FanDuel has something for everybody, and there are more ways to win than ever before. New users get a $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on FanDuel. Come play with me at FanDuel.com slash CBS Sports. That's FanDuel.com slash CBS Sports. This is RPO, Rome Price Opinion. Now, here's Jim Rome and two time Super Bowl champion, Trevor Price. All right, then, we got a brand new podcast. I've been talking this up on the radio program. I'm fired up. It is the RPO, Rome Price Opinion. We're going to do this every single Monday. My man, Trevor Price, is with me. 14 years in the NFL, he won two Super Bowls. Trevor, week one of the NFL, you got yourself a podcast. How are you feeling, big man?
1: <laughs> I got myself a podcast. I got a whole bunch of nonsense to say, so I'm ready to go.
0: Good. Listen, for those who missed it, really quickly, before we break down week one, you did come on the radio program earlier in the week. I want you to explain how this came to be. You've got a lot of stuff going on right now. You're doing a lot of business. How did you end up co-hosting a podcast with me?
1: Um. So it, it, last football season, football season before, my two daughters are starting to grow up, and they're starting to get more involved with the game. And what would happen is, they make a mistake and ask me one little question, and I go into a two-hour diatribe of what I just saw, <laughs> to the point they were like, "Look, you gotta, you gotta shut up, old man. The, the, the game is going on, and I have no interest in everything else you said besides Aaron Rodgers is good. That's all you need to say. The rest of it doesn't matter." So I had to find myself some kind of um, outlet of some sort that I could do, I could do once a week because daily I'm not very good, right? If I have to come up with this stuff daily, but if I have a long time to kind of gather my thoughts, um, gather everything that I want to say, drive home my points, have scientific kind of information to back up all, all the stuff that comes out of my mouth, then this makes sense. So I was like, well, there's only one person that would let me do this. That would be Jim Rome. You mind if I call you Jim Rome? I'm going to call you Jim. Yeah. So that would be Jim Rome. And I thought, you know what? Let me reach out to Jim and see what happens.
0: I'll tell you In what, and, and here you are. And my response to that is, shut up, old man. No, not, not at all, Trevor. That's not my response at all. In fact, if I, I've been a standalone guy my entire career. So for me to work with somebody else right here, that tells you what I think of you. So let's just jump right into this thing. I've promised the listeners that you're going to come strong. It's going to be fast moving. It's going to be a hardcore football podcast. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers. When you saw him last night and you saw him leave on the cart, was there any doubt in your mind that he was done for the night or maybe even longer than that?
1: No, there was no doubt. Anytime you see any anybody quarterback, running back, anybody hang their head and run their fingers through their hair, <laughs> that that is a sign of yeah, this thing is over with. And I just I, I just I just thought to myself, uh, you know, the money's one thing, but let's just cancel the rest of the NFL season, right? When you lose a guy like that that carries kind of um, uh, the weight of expectations and the weight of the world the way he does um, in Green Bay, in that part of the country, and football in general, I was like, well. That, uh, thanks for coming. Good night, everybody. And then he trotted his ass back out there. I, you know, I, I think it can't be it can't be overstated, how good he is because there is Andrew Aaron Rodgers, and then there's everybody else, and I'm including Tom Brady, Randall Cunningham, <laughs> Joe Montana, and anybody else you want to throw at me.
0: Now, Trevor, you made your living getting after quarterbacks, so you know exactly of which you speak. Are you telling me that he's the best quarterback you've ever seen? Ever. And it's
1: and, and Jim, it's not close. There's, there's not a debate about it. You know what I mean? We can talk about, and everybody has the same take. After after someone like Aaron Rodgers does amazing things, we can all say he's the best quarterback we've ever, we've ever seen. But that's been happening for ten years. This is no longer a take. This is fact. There, there are facts. He is the most talented quarterback to ever pick up a football, and I'm not saying arm talent, because there's lots of guys who throw the ball a lot harder than him. I've played with guys that throw the ball harder than him. I played with John Elway for two years and won two Super Bowls. John is not close to what Aaron Rodgers can do. It, Jim, the, the, the thing that separates Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady has it as well, and funny enough, I think that, I think the, the rookie in, in Buffalo has it, when, when you snap the ball to him, his heart rate seems to slow down and not pick up. That's very hard to deal with as a defense. When he's, con- he's he's like moving around his eyes and he's very frenetic before the ball snap. When the ball snap and it hits his hands, everything slows on. Just watch him. Watch how he doesn't really go into a drop real quick. Watch how he kind of floats back there like he's in seven on seven. But watch how he's like, it looks like a practice to him. And there's chaos all around him and he's able to figure it out. that's the sign of a great quarterback.
0: Trevor, I'm not going to argue. I agree with you. I think Aaron Rodgers, to me, is the most talented, best quarterback I've ever seen. I want to preface all this by saying when you and I get together and rap, I'm just like a guy with an opinion and a talking head. I want to be very clear about that. I know who I am. I know who you are. So I want to be very careful if I challenge you on anything. But you didn't just mention Josh Allen with those other guys, did you?
1: Yeah, I did. Funny enough, I did that very much on purpose. I did because I watched Josh Allen play for two games in the preseason. I watched him play against Cincinnati, um, and I watched him take some snaps against – I forgot who else. But I paid attention to the Cincinnati game, and I'm telling you why. Josh Allen has the same thing. When he gets the ball, he might be – it might be because he's confused at what's going on, but his body seems to slow down. And, and they they call it pocket poise, all right, or pocket presence. But when somebody looks like they are not concerned with the, with the chaos that's at the line of scrimmage, they have a chance. Let me tell you something, Jim. People don't realize this. Hey, Trevor,
0: I don't know if he's confused, Every- but I am. I'm really confused. I know you're not <laughs> comparing Josh Allen to Aaron Rodgers and John Elway after no, two no, preseason no, games.
1: No, no, I, no, I am not comparing them. I'm saying they have the same attribute in that way. Now, as far as throwing a football, Josh, Josh Allen's no more accurate than my daughter is, just to be honest, right? He's not an accurate quarterback, but in 7-on-7, seven seven, right? So every NFL practice has this drill called 7-on-7 seven seven where the backs and receivers and quarterbacks play like tag, like tag football, sure. like you and your friends play, no offensive line. Right. There is not a quarterback in the NFL gym, first, second, or third team, does not rip a defense apart in 7-on-7 seven seven because they are not afraid of getting hit. They're not afraid of what's going on around them. I've seen guys come off the street and rip up first-team defenses in 7-on-7 because there is no pressure. When you have that, when there is pressure, you have a chance. I'm telling you, if he can learn, if Josh Allen can learn how to hit the broadside of a barn, he will be okay.
0: All right, so Trevor, as long as you're there, why don't we stay right there for a minute. Regarding the Bills, I mean, are you here to kill Nate Peterman or the guys who keep running him out there? 1,000%
1: 1,000% of the people keep running him out there. 1,000%. It, everybody's drafted, Jim. At, at no point does the personnel department go, you know what we're going to do? Draft a guy who can't play. Yeah, that's a ticket. That's how we sell tickets. <laughs> that's how we're going to build our football team. Nathan Peterman was drafted with every intention of going to the Hall of Fame. He was, I mean, he, is, he, was, he was drafted because they thought he could play. Now, when it doesn't work out, that's fine. That's fine. But you keep trotting his ass back out there. As if he can play. And he can't. That is a fireable offense. After you bench Tyrod Taylor, who was the best player on your team, then after Nathan Nathan Peterman throws you five interceptions last season, you decide, let's go back to Tyrod Taylor in the third quarter. Okay, whatever, man. That's fine. The offseason comes, you want to cut Tyrod Taylor instead of paying him his money because there's some guys you want in the draft. Okay, that's fine. We can forgive all that. But you trot Nathan Peterman back out there, and hey, look, how you beat the Buffalo Bills is very easy. You cover the backs out the backfield, and you cover whoever's five yards in the line of scrimmage. Let the rest of them just run. He won't see him, and he won't throw the ball to him. Just let him run. doesn't matter. Let him run through your secondary. He won't hit him. All right. The fireball offense came when at 40-3, you pulled him off the field, and you trotted your flamethrower out there. And Josh Allen. In the rain, against Terrell Suggs and them boys, with a game completely out of bounds. Wait, so, I don't understand so, so,
0: that. So, bottom line, are they are they trotting him out there because they think he can play or are they trotting them out there because they don't want their future franchise quarterback leaving in a body bag? Like, what do you do I, now I think, if you're the Bills? I, I think,
1: I, that's part of it. I think they don't want, they don't want, they don't want him taking the beating. Um, not just physically, not just physically, but in the press. Because we, he could have had, it could be the game plan. I, I would like to think it's a game plan because and I, I was an NFL player. I know how hard it is. And Nathan Peterman right now, again, it's too easy to pile on this kid. It's way too easy. He has a weight of the world. On his like shoulders. it's not his you know, fault
0: he's Nate Peterman?
1: He's <laughs> not his fault that they can't put together a game plan. But at the same time, if they did, can he throw the ball down the field? Can he? Can he see over the line of scrimmage? What is he looking at? I don't know. I, I get, Jim, it's too easy to pile on the kid, so I'm not
0: going to do that. All right, so what would you do, though? Well, if you were there and you were calling the shots, do you keep running him out there because you've got an offensive line that can't protect the quarterback no matter who is back there, and they don't have any skill outside? Or do you say to Josh Allen, hey, ready or not, it's on you now. Go out there and ball?
1: I think I keep trotting him out there because I, I, look, I played with Vlad Decass right? They're starting left guard. I was with him at the Jets, and I'm going to tell you a very funny story. Please. One year, uh, the year I was there, one day of practice, him and Antonio Cromartie are arguing about a foot race. So I walk up and I'm like, what is going on here? Antonio Cromartie says, Vlad, I can beat you run a hundred faster than you can run a 50. <laughs> I'm twice as fast as you. Huh. And I was like, there is no way. <laughs> Vlad, there's no way Vlad is gonna lose a 50-yard dash to a man running 100. <laughs> right. There's no way. <laughs> there's no effing way. Man, look, they both put their hand around and were getting started running, and Rex ran over there, like, no. So I so I, I know what Vlad is. Vlad looks like—Vlad is born to be an offensive lineman. And, and, and he's going to be like a cockroach. He's never going away. He will have starting jobs and make a lot of money for the next 20 years in NFL. I'm telling you. Because as you, as you draw a picture of a, of a left guard, it looks like Vlad Dacos. He's just not very good at it. Sometimes, right? And right now, when you have a quarterback as skittish as Nate Peterman, and you have an offensive line as leaky as leaky as it is, because you know the three the three interior guys either retired or got cut. Yeah, the, the the Richie right Eric, Eric Wood, and the other guy. And and the, that's that's a lot of turnover in one year, right? So I, I would keep trotting Nathan Peterman out there. You're gonna take this beating this year while we get our other kid, we try to get him to throw the ball into the ocean. That's what we're gonna do.
0: All right, it's going to be a long, ugly year for the Bills Mafia. I understand that's not a one-off. That's They better get used to that. It's going to be a bad, bad year. Now, Trevor, when you came on the jungle or into the jungle last week, we talked about the Pittsburgh Steelers, and when I asked you your reaction to the players that were in that locker room, to Le'Veon Bell not reporting, you said, man, these guys are a Pop Warner team. Now that you've seen their act on the field against the Browns, what do you think of the Steelers?
1: Uh, they've graduated to high school a little bit. Like uh-huh. you know, you go from eighth grade to ninth grade, and you're not a varsity football player. You're in a freshman team, but you're still a high school football player. Some of that has taken place. James Conner. Okay, first of all, when they tried it, when he came on the field, I was like, "That's not James Conner. That kid is too small." Apparently, he's lost a lot of weight, and he looks quick. And they and he had a big game. He had a great game. That that Steelers Browns game was. I, I think um, that's going to be one that you circle and you come back to. When this season plays out, how did how did both those teams look then, right? Um, but as far as when James Conner got in the end zone and they were all jumping around on top of each other, we what did that, know what that you? was. Yeah, yeah. What did that tell you? That was a message to Le'Veon Bell. We don't need you. That's what it was. And I'm telling you, they do. As good as he played, and I'm I'm happy for that kid. I remember watching him playing when he's in Pittsburgh, and they told his story, and I was like. You know, cancer, no cancer. That's a two hundred forty-five pound tailback who can run. He's going to play in the NFL. I don't care what disease he has. Just look at him, right? But you can, you you know that they need more. They need more. They need somebody that can go out there and play wide receiver and running back at the same time. They need somebody who can stop and shuffle in our offensive line. Cleveland's defense is really good. Let's just be honest. Miles Garrett is a grown man. That kid they picked in the first round, Ward. Is going to be something. Yeah, I think the linebackers, I think the entire their team is very, very good. But but Pittsburgh lost something without Le'Veon Bell.
0: So, Trevor, how does that play out? I mean, because, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh, you know how they do business, man. They're not giving in. They're not going to rescind the franchise tag. They're not going to give him what he wants. They're going to stand their ground. So how should and how will Le'Veon play that out?
1: Well, well, well. Le- Le'Veon lost all his leverage when David Johnson signed for thirteen million a year. Uh-huh. He lost everything. All and and David Johnson and Le'Veon Bell, the same person. And David Johnson's younger, so that 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 hurt more than James Conner. Believe me, the, the the David Johnson three years, thirty nine million at thirteen million a year. That's less than the franchise tag that he's sitting on. Um, and David Johnson's just as valuable. That hurt him. So I. I I don't know which way it goes now. I mean, I, I've told the joke that he's gonna show up like, hey, I need my bra, you know, I'm he's gonna show up today like, hey, I came in for my brothers and Raymond Foster's gonna go. Like, no, you came in because you're about to lose your job. So I don't know which way he's gonna go. i I, I would like to say something witty and cutting and snarky, but I, I don't like I don't know. Yeah, but yeah
0: Trevor, you he, you co host a podcast now. You gotta say shit that is witty <laughs> and cutting and snarky, all right? That's part of the job, man. So see, keep his, that in his, mind. His
1: witty, his witty is snarky. Le'Veon Bell should get in a plane in Arizona go punch David Johnson in the face. How's that?
0: <laughs> that's good. You're off to a good start. That's, that's It's somewhat witty. It's very snarky, and it's cutting. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I mean, well, look, Trevor, you, you're a businessman. Can you see this guy sitting off to the side and lighting 855 Gur on fire every single week? Can you see him doing that? <laughs> Fuck and no. How's that? <laughs> you're getting better. Now you're warming up. I like that. Now we're no warming way. up. No now way. we're warming up. And it's, you can't no, and you it's, can't it's, talk it's, to your daughters like that either when you uh break down football. See, this is the place for you. You'd be surprised. <laughs> you'd be surprised. <laughs> yeah. uh, All right. so, so so the problem the,
1: the, the thing is, um if he if he is if he is saying, look, y'all gonna give me the the sixteen million I want per year, so I don't want the eight hundred and sixty-five grand, that job is gonna get very old. That that line of thinking is gonna get old. And I'm telling you, before the Steelers bend, he will. There's a hundred percent, hundred percent chance he bends. And I think it won't be this week. It'll be next week. Yeah. He won't show up this week. He won't show up this week because he'll still, he'll still say, "I have balls of steel," and I'm right. Yeah. But now you're one point six million dollars poor. Right. Here he'll show up. Next week he'll show up. No fucking doubt, he'll show up.
0: All right, Trevor, let me ask you about the Dallas Cowboys. I'm looking at Dak Prescott, right? And I remember when Dak Prescott was going to be a living legend. I remember when Dak Prescott was going to go right to that gold or mustard blazer. I mean, this guy was the next big thing. And now I'm looking. You tell me I'm wrong. I'm looking at this guy, and I'm seeing a guy who's just a guy. I mean, a good dude, but just a guy. I'm seeing a guy who's lost his mojo altogether. Is that the way it looks to you? And if he lost it, how does he get it back?
1: Um I, I don't know, man. I, I and I hate it for him, but I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna tell you how it happened. I'm gonna tell you exactly what the fuck happened. Yeah. when, when you lose a read option thing, and defenses took a long time to figure that shit out. But once they did figure out, once you once you lose a threat of Dak Prescott running, which he no longer wants to run, and I I know why. You keep taking those hits from Luke Keekly and those kids, you know, your 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 ribs go to hurting, right? So he's not doing that. So as long as he's not taking them hits, he has to throw the ball. And He has to stand back there and throw the ball. He does not have the arm talent we think he had. Very easy, right? When, when Robert Griffin III, his rookie year in Washington, D.C., was lighting the NFL on fire, he was throwing to wide-open receivers. You know what I mean? Why the fuck? Oh, like, why is nobody carving the tight end and he's 10 yards in the line of scrimmage? Like, dude, just running After, free. They're running free through the secondary. Right. And we had Jason Witten. Running free through the secondary because Ezekiel Elliott was actually doing some things uh, as a running back. Then, it, then it be, then it was easy. But now the games become hard, and now they're they're rolling coverages from one side to the other, and they don't know which way the coverage is going. It's very easy. Like we hear the Dallas Cowboys say, "Okay, they're going to roll the coverage to Des Bryant." When they roll the coverage to Des Bryant, we know that someone we know that Jason Witten is going to be open, and we know that this lane is going to be here for Ezekiel Elliott. Those things no longer fucking exist. So once those things don't exist, you're asking him to figure it out on the fly, and he can't figure it out.
0: So Trevor, how much of that is about him no longer having the weapons and the help that he needs, and how much of that is him maybe just kind of losing his stomach for it? Because as you point out, the ribs get to hurtin'.
1: Well, it one leads to the other, right? Right. When, when you're no longer willing to take those shots in your helmets to your goddamn ribs, then then you start to, then you start to see ghosts, and you, and the ghosts aren't really what if the ghosts aren't people hitting him the ghosts are more in line of coverages right you're seeing people who are open they're not open right the, and the people that are open you don't think they are and then it just compounds man like I've been in those huddles I've been in those in those meetings where one problem compounds the next and and, and if he's not going to run they don't have an offense man here's the thing when that Prescott showed up man they started doing a 214 thing with him and Zeke Elliott I was like. This is going to be the wealthiest man in America. I was like, Jerry Jeremy Jones is going to open the checkbook, that 214 thing they were doing with uh, Ezekiel Elliott's number, exact Pre- his number, that's how big his contract was going to be. I'm telling you, it was coming. Now, do we have a quarterback? Do we have one?
0: Are you telling me that? that like, he's gone from the franchise quarterback to they're not sure whether or not they've got a quarterback in Dak Prescott? Give him, give him three more weeks of this. <laughs> give him three more weeks. Because last year proved, last year
1: was like, Oh, didn't have Ezekiel in the beginning, and now I think. But when they got him back, nothing changed. Nothing changed. And and okay, do you want to blame the offensive line? First of all, their right tackle, Lyle Lay, Lay, Collins, is playing out of position. He's an All-Pro guard. He's not a tackle. And I know he's six foot five, but he's a mauler of a guard. He's not a tackle. But they they trot they they got to put him out there because they don't have a guard, right? They don't have a right tackle. So those things start to compound. Those things. These are adding problems on top of problems. And that's where the Cowboys are right now. I mean, they don't have a tight end. They don't have a wide receiver.
0: All right. So, how, not, again, are you, I mean, are you saying, her, for instance, that you're not sure that Dak Prescott is like a legitimate starter in the NFL?
1: I'm not saying – I know. I'm saying he's not a legitimate star. Uh uh-huh. That I'm saying. No, I agree with that. But that, I mean, that, everybody, everybody agrees with that. Sure. As far as, far as a starter, I, I mean, get, prove me otherwise. Prove me otherwise the last 18 games. All season, last season – some preseason games and today. Proves me 17 games. Yeah, no, I,
0: I, I don't think that he's got the help that he had. To your point, he doesn't have Dez, although Dez is not what Dez used to be. He doesn't have Witten doing what he does and going up the seam. But I, I agree with you. I'm looking at Dak Prescott. I just don't see anything exceptional about him. I don't see him doing anything that's out of the ordinary. He just looks like a guy. He looks like a guy Jim, to me and nothing more.
1: Jim, the guy, the balls that he threw in the dirt, I was like, I was like what is that? Hmm. Right? When, when you throw the ball in the dirt, the, there is another problem. If you miss, if you you know throw a ball past a guy's head, that's one thing. But when you throw when a quarterback throws, I had a coach tell me a long time ago, Jim. Yeah, what's that tell you?
0: What's that tell you when a guy's putting it in the dirt? When
1: when a quarterback throws a ball in the dirt, he's scared. He's scared of the interception. He's not really trying to hit the. He's not trying to hit the receiver because he's saying, look, either my guys are gonna catch it or the dirt's gonna catch it. You won't catch it. And that's not the way a quarterback is supposed to play. So Watch he, Aaron Rodgers play. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers throws a play, the 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 touchdown that he that uh was in the corner to the young the young rookie. That DB, the Chicago DB had his hand in between homeboy's two arms when he caught the ball. So that ball could have went either way. That Prescott's not throwing that ball. That Prescott says, "I'm going to throw the ball out the end zone and if my guy makes a miraculous catch, great." But I'm not letting the other guy catch it, and you can't
0: play quarterback scared. So one last thought: you he's playing scared. Do you think his confidence is shot? Thousand percent, without question, man. Look at him. Remember when
1: they when they when them two kids bust on the scene with Zach Martin and the offensive line and America's team? Like they were like the biggest story in the NFL. And funny enough, go back. I remember watching Dak Prescott play in college, and I was like, if he can take a Mississippi State team sure. the way he did on his back with inferior talent to Alabama and Florida and Georgia, he's going to be a good NFL quarterback. But now he's back to have an inferior inferior talent around him, and now he's regressed to what he was in Mississippi State, kind of trying to figure it out for himself. And he's like,
0: look, no turnovers. Throw the ball in the dirt. All right, so Trevor, what about another guy who looks like he's got exceptional athletic ability? In fact, there's nothing. (laughs) It doesn't look like it. We know he does. Patrick Mahomes. And not only does he have this crazy athletic ability, dude, he's got crazy, crazy, freaking, explosive talent all around him. Now you see why the Chiefs gave him the rock. Have you ever seen a young quarterback as electric as this kid is? Uh, uh,
1: Patrick Mahomes has no fucks left to give. He has none. Okay, here's here's how here's how the plays come into Patrick Mahomes in the huddle. He gets everybody in the huddle and he says, "Okay, everybody run as far as you can. I'm gonna throw the ball towards you. Ready, break." <laughs> that's what that's what every play looks like, and he just does not care. I'm gonna fling this ball. I have I have a torque a, a scud launcher for an arm, and we're gonna use it. I think that kid, man. I, and the funny thing is, Jim, I drafted him on my fantasy team, and something told me to play him. When you see kids like that, when you see young quarterbacks, right, who kind of have this look about them, like, I really don't care what's gonna happen, good or bad. You know you have something. And when he threw he threw what, eight bombs in the game? He th- like incomplete, complete, he just doesn't care. And that and that is the kind of thing that 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 gets quarterbacks over the hump. He's gonna get better. That's that's the thing, Jim. People don't realize this is what he's a story showing you what he can do. What he's actually gonna do. It start throwing the ball through the middle of the field because all the safety is going to back up. And it's going to be and Travis Kelsey is going to be standing by himself, 25 yards from the line of scrimmage and going to have to catch that heat, sick and mess. with that's a fucking football at his face. <laughs> it is coming. It is coming as clear as day, man. So there's a reason they do
0: that. Right. I want your thoughts on Gronk. I mean, you think at this point that there's nothing about Gronk that we wouldn't already know, but when you see a guy that big, that athletic, and making that many plays, and I'm talking about a league where you've got some of the freakiest guys ever who are of size and can run and are athletic, but when you look at Gronk even this far into his career, what do you think and what do you see?
1: I, I, it, it is so bizarre, man. So it's like so like I'm six foot five, right? And, and I've I've always considered myself a big human being. Why does Gronk look bigger than everybody else? And he's—he's he's not that big. Like Gronk is six foot five, six foot six, two hundred and sixty pounds. I, I mean, the—the the guy that just left New England, the tackle Nate Soder, is six foot six, three hundred pounds. Gronk looks twice his size. What is that? You're, I don't—I don't fucking understand it, man. <laughs> he's just bigger and fast. He—he he is the epitome of big, strong, fast. And, and you know what? And the part that bothers me, Jim, to be honest. Is is guys like Gronk, right? Um, it, these freakish guys—they always make these videos of themselves working out during the off season, sure. and kind of like I'm working on my, I'm working on my, on my power cleans, and I'm working on getting faster. When does Gronk lift a fucking weight? When? I, I, I've never, I've, I, I've never seen it. All that you see of Gronk is drinking and girls and and boats and just carrying on. And I'm like, he spends not a minute in the gym. Trevor, you bitter much? Like, you bitter much, Trevor? You jealous much? Oh, beyond bitter. You no know hard out of fucking work to to even do look like half of that.
0: Dude, I, I think run like, up sand hills mm-hmm. and all this. Nah, uh, it, dude, he, we know he's in the gym, right? I mean, that's not natural. He didn't come out like that. That guy, I, I know I'm exactly not... what you're saying. Like he's always like, hey, siesta, yep. let's party, but the guy's gotta be in the gym, obviously. Jim, I
1: don't I don't buy it. I don't think he is in the gym. I really don't. Because so, somebody it would be somebody would have it documented. Somebody would have it documented. Oh, Gronk was running. Gronk was working on one other NFL. What wait, are you doing? At home doing wait, push-ups and Trevor,
0: steps? I know what it is, man. It's the TB12 method. Alex Guerrero <laughs> is rubbing him and putting lotion on him. That's how you look like that. That's that, your that, mistake. That, that, that You're throwing the weights look. around. You should be doing like plyometrics, getting some uh, cocoa butter, whatever it is that listen, he does listen. to people. You
1: can't, you, can't, you can't stretch out a gorilla. The man is a gorilla. He's a he's a polar bear running around the football field. They're throwing the ball to him. And here's the other part: the other part that people don't realize too. You know how smart he has to be to 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 know that offense because he knows it. They don't call fifty words in a huddle and say, "Grok, just go over there somewhere." Like he knows what's going on. So where does he find time to work his body and his brain in
0: between hanging out with Florida on boats? I don't know, dude. He rules. I don't, he rules, man. He's got this thing figured out. All right, Trevor, what about Khalil Mack? What did you think when you saw him all over the field? We're talking about a guy that missed camp, a guy that doesn't really know the scheme, a guy who shows up under the bright lights on Sunday night and looks like LT possessed. What do you make of that? And I know that you felt that the Raiders did the right thing. Do you still feel that way?
1: No, I, I know. I, I felt I felt the Raiders did a thing, okay. right? Okay. Because Because they should have paid him. The fact that Chicago had to give up two first-round picks and pay him, that's what you don't do. You have to pay your pass rushers. Jim, the only two people that matter in professional football are the guys that throw the ball and the guys that tackle the guy that throws the ball, period. Everybody else is replaceable. Everybody else can be anybody else. If you have those two guys, you have a chance. The the, the plays he made last night were part two things. A, Deshaun Kaiser. Let's just be honest. He was standing at the line of scrimmage. Jason Kaiser ran into him once. The second time, this true. Watch the play. He's standing there, right? But you can't take away. You can't take that away from him. the the interception was him being a smart football player because he he knew it was screen, and he was a little winded. He was like, "I'm not running over there. I'm gonna stand here." And the ball hit him in the hands, and then he got the hands. He got it in his hands like Gronk when he started running. I thought he played great. The plays that people did not see, the Tomzy pass rush, and he had great pass rush moves. I was looking at those pass rush moves over Brian Balaga, and I was like, yeah, "That's Khalil Mack." The splash plays—one was him standing there. The other one was was a little bit of luck, right? But the ones that people aren't talking about, the ones that I noticed, it was I was like, "Oh, that motherfucker's for real." Hmm. No, he's 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 legit. He and and these are Aaron Rodgers completed passes. And I was like, oh, "Oh, there goes there goes Khalil Mack." Oh, there he is. That's why you pay him. You didn't pay him to score a touchdown that he's standing on a lot of scrimmage. You know what I mean?
0: And now, Price's picks. So that brings us to tonight. In fact, why don't we talk about Price's picks. You're going to do this every single week now. Every week, you're going to look the Monday night and Thursday night game, and you're going to make your picks against the spread. This week, we got a doubleheader, Trevor, on Monday night. So why don't we start right there? The early game, the Jets are starting rookie Sam Darnold on the road against Matthew Stafford and the Lions. The Lions are seven-point favorites at home. Trevor, who do you like?
1: They, they, Detroit will not cover. Because Here's what's happening. I like the Jets in that, that Detroit warehouse of theirs. It's, I think it's the best state of the NFL. 50,000 people, it is basically a warehouse they put seats in, right? <laughs> so when you, have a, when you have a new coach, that means everybody becomes a rookie because we're all learning new stuff. The Jets have one rookie, and that's their quarterback. Most important position, but he's learning something new that everybody else knows. The Lions are learning something new on all three levels. I think the Lions stunk in preseason. I watched them play regardless of the score. I think the Jets uh, looked a little more exciting. They look, they look more like a football team, and I think they're rallying around Sam Darner a little bit um, because he's a he. He is a flame. He's not a flamethrower, but he, he can make plays with his feet. And he get I think he gives them a chance. I think he gives them a chance. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, but Detroit does not cover.
0: All right, so there's your first price pick. You've got the Jets and the Seven. What about the nightcap? John Gruden and the Raiders hosting Sean McVay and the Rams up in Oakland. The Rams are giving up four and a half on the road. TP, who you got in there?
1: All right, so you know how I feel about the Rams. I I think is actually Rater- Reiterate, this yeah, thing.
0: reiterate that. How do you feel about the Rams? <laughs> no, for those who don't know, no, seriously, no- how do you feel about them?
1: I, I, well, I, I think disaster's coming. Okay. I think it's coming. I think come week eight, week nine, if they're not 8-0, 9 o, seven and one 6-2, and if if they're 500, you're going to start seeing finger pointing. You're going to start seeing it. You cannot have all these goddamn leaders of the pack in um, all in the same cage. Like, James, do you know how a wolf pack works?
0: Talk to me know? about a wolf pack. How does that work?
1: Okay. The way a wolf pack works is this. Up front in the wolf pack, are the oldest wolves, the wolves that are going to that that we're trying to protect? In the middle is everybody else. In the very back are the alphas, that may, that have to watch everything from behind them, right? Which one of these guys, these new guys, Sue and Peters and Akeeb Taleeb and uh, Aaron Donald, which one wants to be in the back? None of them. That's going to be the problem. So anyway, that's one thing. The other thing is the Raiders. Monday night, John Gruden. What the fuck are you gone. talking
0: about, Trevor, with wolves and shit?
1: <laughs> I'm telling you. It's, but, but you got to think about that. Like like I said, if if everybody wants to be a chief, who the fuck's going to be the Indians? Okay. And, and, the, and the Rams have 20 chiefs. I remember one year in Denver, we walked out eight captains out into the football field. I said, one-fifth of the fucking team is captains? What is this? Well, that's not, not a – I'm not a captain. I'm a guy walking to the middle of the field. This is stupid. Were you one you of the eight?
0: Were you one of the eight? Yes. Uh uh-huh. I was
1: like, I'm not even going out there. Y'all go ahead, man. We look like a bunch of clowns.
0: But anyway. <laughs> um, so You digress. So, you know, anyway, so who do you – where does that leave you for tonight? And I understand what that's going to look like if Ra- you're at 500 give, eight give weeks in. Give me the Raiders.
1: The Raiders want one game. If the Raiders win one game, this is a game. I'm telling you, John Gruden, Gruden put in this plan – in 2008 whatever game plan is tonight with the raiders playing the rams he put it in 20 they right. they're going to they're going to beat the snot out of the rams
0: raiders plus four and a half they're going to beat the snot out of the rams that is a price pick right there yeah, is that the right time guy? now for one man's fantasy where jim and trevor tell you what one man you have to add to your fantasy team this week we're going to get into this with you every single week. Every week, you and I, in fact, are both going to tell the one dude who you got to get to the waiver wire for, the one dude who's going to help your team for the upcoming week, the one dude who everybody else might be sleeping on, the difference maker for your next matchup. Trevor, your pickup in One Man's Fantasy. Actually, you name that segment. I like that. One Man's Fantasy this week. Who do you have?
1: Philip Dorsey, hmm. New England. Cass aside, University of Miami. He's a new Julian Edelman uh, until Julian Edelman comes back from wherever the hell he is. I think I, anytime you play with Tom Brady and he throws the ball towards the direction more than four or five times, which he did for Philip Dorsey,
0: you have a chance to make a to Trevor, run up a lot Trevor, of points. are you talking Ken Dorsey or Philip Dorset? Philip Dorset. There you go. <laughs> That's, That's what I thought you were talking about. <laughs>
1: Uh, anyway, Ken, okay, Philip Dorsett, Miami's own Philip Dorsett. So I don't like Miami, so Philip Dorsett.
0: Yeah, Ken Dorsey's out of the league. Philip Dorsett, No, I got you. I see you working. So Philip Dorset, your guy. I
1: want one thousand percent. I wasn't say Disley, the uh, tight end from Seattle, but I think that's a one off. I think I think Philip Dorsett's going to be like this all season long. All
0: right, now the guy that I'm going to put my claim in on right now is Philip Lindsay, the rookie running back with Denver, one of your former teams. Got a hell of a debut against the Seahawks yesterday. Carried it 15 times, 71 yards. Caught a couple of passes. Took one to the house. This guy's got the potential to be an explosive RB2. And Trevor, if Case Keenum is already looking his way on checkdowns and screens, you know he can be a killer in the PPR league. Grab this cat right now before the Raiders game next week. Because without Khalil Mack on that defense, I'm telling you, Phillip Lindsay is going to have more potential to go off again. That's my guy right there. Yes. Pretty smart, right? Pretty smart, (laughs) right? Smarter than I look, right? I like I like Philip Dorsey. (laughs) No, I know you do. You love Philip Dorsey. (laughs) I was going to pick Philip Dorsey, but you got there first, Trevor. Yeah, good. good. You got there first, man. All right, so you you literally have your first podcast under your belt, man. Bam, just like that. That's a good time, right? That's how you do that, that. and it's going to get better and better and better.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing. That is fast and fun and furious and I I watched 15 hours of NFL to give you half an hour of
0: Wolfpack and Philip Dorsey. You know how I know that? Because you were melting my phone the whole time, so I know you did. I know you did. Listen, that is it for us. He is Trevor Price. You want to follow him on Twitter, Trevor underscore Price. Price is with a Y. Follow him on Twitter. I'm Jim Rome, at Jim Rome on Twitter. Trevor, I will take care of the rest of this episode and get us the hell out of here, but great job. Thank you very much, and we'll do it again next week.
1: Awesome, man. Talk to you then.
0: You got it. Trevor Price, 14 years in the NFL. He's got a couple of Super Bowl rings, and my man is not short on opinions, and he got settled in, and it's going to get better and better and better. We're going to do this every Monday throughout the football season, so make sure you're locked in with a subscription. Do not miss an episode. Unlike the other pods, this one, however, has a shelf life. You're going to want to get subscribed to this, have these episodes find you as soon as we post them. To do that, hit the subscribe button, shoot us a review, tell all your friends, because every Monday, Every Monday, we're going to bring it. Fast-paced, hardcore NFL talk for the diehards who cannot get enough. This is going to be your podcast. Pumped to be doing it. We will see you next Monday. We're out.